0: Good morning and welcome to the Product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 390. It is Friday, July 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Cal Gumbar, and Fed says disable print spoolers if not needed. This podcast is brought to you by Nwaj Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com That's N-W-A-J tech.com Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this in the world. Happy Friday, maybe even Saturday, depending on where you are. Welcome to the final episode of the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily for this week. I'll be back next week. Gotcha. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search, and join the group. We haven't had a lot of HIPAA news this week. Um, But we do, and it's actually a pretty light news day today, but let's get into it. So first up, we do have an advisory from the NSA, CISA, NCSC. And FBI, so it's a joint advisory, joint security advisory on Russian GRU brute force campaign. The National Security Agency, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure, Security Agency, Federal Bureau of Investigation, and UK's National Cybersecurity Center have released joint cybersecurity advisory, CSA, Russian GRU conducting global brute force campaign to compromise enterprise and cloud environments. The CSA, again, that's cybersecurity advisory provides details on the campaign which is being conducted by russian general staff main intelligence directorate gru 85th main special service center as gtsss the campaign uses a kubernetes cluster in brute force access attempts against the enterprise and cloud environments of government and private sector targets worldwide after obtaining credentials via brute force the gtsss uses a variety of known vulnerabilities for further network access via remote code execution and lateral movement. CISA strongly encourages users and administrators to review the joint CSA for GTSSS tactics, techniques, and procedures, as well as mitigation strategies. So primary targets are enterprise environments running Kubernetes, um, or maybe some other version of, of Docker. Um, and you can, there's a link there to the actual advisory press. It's a it's like a press release really from the NSA and their partners. You should review it. We talked about LinkedIn and now two separate incidents for a total of 1.2 billion users, information, data scrape victims already being targeted by attackers. And I did kind of say this was going to happen. Refined database of 88,000 U.S. business owners on LinkedIn has been posted in a hacker forum, so those 88,000 people will be targets. Just days after yet another data scraping operation aimed at LinkedIn was discovered, of it was discovered evidence has popped up in a popular hacker forum that the vast amount of lifted data is being collo- collated. I don't know what that means. And refined to oh, I, they, they spelled it wrong. It should be collated. And refined to. Identify specific targets. This might signal the start of a series of LinkedIn fueled attacks. The latest data scrape in disco- was discovered this week when threat actors posted the personal data contained in 700 million LinkedIn user profiles in the Raid Forum's underground market. Later, the operators boosted the listing to a purported 1 billion records, according to researchers at Privacy Sharks who discovered it. And the latest data scrape files an april operation which exposed 500 million linkedin users so data scraping if you're not familiar with it essentially somebody goes and pulls the data off of the website so this isn't information that isn't already publicly available it is out there already however now that you know all the data put together in one um bucket i guess you can call it it's not really you know it's not an aws s3 bucket but you know in one bucket where they have uh you know email addresses phone numbers potentially all of this data about a person 1.2 billion people to be exact and now it's all in one location they can use this information for phishing attacks and identity theft of some sort um and so this is why i recommended a few days ago and i've recommended in the past that if you are using LinkedIn or Facebook or any other social media platform that you don't include phone numbers and email addresses on those sites that you don't want to be public. Now, as an example, I have support at nuage tech, nuage.tech. That's going to be public because I want people to contact me there, but I don't put personal email addresses out there, just business email addresses and I'll put my cell phone number out there, though. I'm sure if you looked hard enough, you'd find it. Um, Shouldn't be on LinkedIn or Facebook, you know. And things like birthdays and and so forth shouldn't be public information. Hack data for sixty nine thousand Lime VPN users up for sale on dark web. I would just never trust anything named Lime. If you're old enough, you remember LimeWire. Don't trust anything named Lime. Lime VPN has confirmed the data incident and meanwhile its website has been knocked offline. The VPN provider known as Lime VPN, which I'll be honest I've never heard of, has been hit with a hack affecting sixty-nine thousand four hundred users records according to researchers. A hacker claims to have stolen the company's entire customer database before knocking its website offline. Threat post confirmed that it is as of press time the website was down. The stolen records consist of usernames, passwords, and plain text. Well, that's a little scary. IP addresses and billing information according to privacy sharks. Researchers added the attack also included public and private keys of Lime VPN users. That is really scary. Um, because if you understand what VPNs are supposed to do, they're supposed to protect your privacy. And obviously that is not the case here. They did not even encrypt passwords. And so, what should line VPN users do? Well, I'll say this much. I've never heard of Lime VPN. If you're going to use a VPN service, use one that has a reputation as being trustworthy. Now, now I understand that's not a full endorsement, and c- you can never fully endorse any, any service, really, um, and have 100% confidence that your information won't get leaked somehow. However, when you have... Express VPN or Nord VPN and, and these all have rep you know g- good reputations out there and then you have LimeVPN, VPN which I bet you probably is a cheaper version or a cheaper VPN um, probably not going to be a good idea to go with that and as I'm going through this it does say that they found um, the site potentially had a Trojan installed on the website and it was blocked by Malwarebytes and now the site is offline. So, you know, now potentially people are also compromised because of that on the website. Again, never heard of Line VPN, so I don't know and I'm not going to go to the, or try to go to the website now, but here it is. Babook Ransomware is back. I reported yesterday that there is a fake babook ransomware gang out there and apparently that has upset the real babook ransomware gang they are back using a new version on corporate networks after announcing their exit from ransomware business in favor of data theft extortion the babook rank gang appears to have slipped back into their old habit of encrypting corporate networks the criminals are currently using a new version of their file encrypting malware and have moved the operation to a new leak site that lists a handful of victims the babook ransomware group Became known at the beginning of the year, but the gang says that their attacks had started in mid October of 2020, targeting companies across the world and demanding ransoms of 60 to 85,000 in Bitcoin currency. One of the most publicized victims is the Washington, D.C.'s M- Metropolitan Police Department. This attack likely pushed the threat actor into announcing its retirement from the ransomware business, only to adopt another extortion model that did not include encryption. The gang also announced plans to release their malware so that other Cyber criminals could start a ransomware-as-a-service operation. The threat actor kept its promise and published its builder, a tool that generates custom ransomware. Security researcher Kevin Beaumont founded On VirusTotal and shared information to help the InfoSec community with detection and decryption. After shutting down in April, the gang took the name Payload Bin, but their leak site shows little activity. Instead, a new leak site emerged on the dark web carrying the Babu ransomware markings. The site lists fewer than five victims that refused to pay the ransom and that they have been attacked with second version of malware. It appears that Babook has not given up the encryption-based extortion game. They released only the old version of their malware and created a new one to get back into the ransomware business. The gang made this clear in a comment to our article about a rush of ransomware attacks that used the leaked Babook builder and demanded .006 bitcoins, which is roughly $200, clear, clearly showing that it's not the original group using it. So they so that's the group that we talked about yesterday I think it was yesterday um demanding only 200 dollars in ransom they did hit a bunch of places but only asked for 200 dollars so this they are not the same group they're using the code that babook shared with the world and uh only demanding 200 dollars the real babook is back and has hit a few victims so far none have paid the ransom so and twitter once the joke the laughing stock of two-factor authentication because the only method they had at the time was sms then they finally adopted the one-time password method and so now twitter now lets users use Security Keys is the only two-factor authentication method while having all other login methods disabled as the social network announced three months ago in March. Two-factor authentication is an additional security layer for Twitter accounts requiring users to use Security Key or enter a code together with the passwords to log into their accounts. This ensures that only the account owner can log into the block and blocks malicious takeover attempts by guessing using stolen credentials or resetting the password option available in mobile apps and on the web starting this week, the company lets users switch to two factor authentication powered only by security keys on both the line. I'm sorry, both the web and mobile apps. This change meets the needs of those who don't want to use third party authentication apps or share their phone numbers to enable the security feature on their accounts. So, um, it is a better protection from SIM swapping because you're not using your cell, cell phone anymore. Um, if you want to use keys instead of OTPs, one-time passwords, or SMS, which I would really discourage, text messaging, I would. you can set that up on their site, the same place you set up the other two-factor authentications. And if you don't have two-factor authentication, turn on on, on Twitter and all social media. Do it right now. As you're listening to this, just pause. Go turn it on on every social media platform you're on. And if they don't have it, then cancel your account. And then um, come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. And finally, we talked about print nightmare yesterday. Well, let's talk about it some more. Sys says, disable Windows print spooler on servers not used for printing. We kind of talked about this yesterday. If you have a... So the the way they're getting in is through servers that that have print spooler active. And have certain ports open. And I don't remember the port numbers now. But I'll see if it's in this article. And it does not look like it is. Um, And this is how they're getting in. So if you want more detail about what this. Zero day is. You can listen to yesterday's podcast. But essentially. They are getting in using Prince Pooler, The Prince Pooler service. Which is a legitimate Windows. Service. On domain controllers that also have Printpooler running so if you don't have a need for Pooler to run in other words you're not using the printer to print then turn it off and you can do that by bringing up the services and go to disable um, if you do have a need you need to really be careful Microsoft did publish how-to guides on best practices in January you should review those. According to Microsoft's recommendations, the print spooler service should be disabled on all domain controls and Active Directory admin systems via group policy object because of the increased exposure to attacks. Microsoft adds that the service should be disabled on all servers that don't require it to mitigate future attacks due to these heightened risks of printing service being targeted, since it is enabled by default on most Windows clients and server platforms. Until Microsoft addresses the print nightmare zero day, disabling the principal or service is the simplest way to ensure that threat actors and ransomware groups, in particular, won't jump at the occasion to breach corporate networks. Um, so again, we talked about it yesterday. We, we So if you listen to yesterday's podcast and you have a good idea of what it's about, it was supposedly, a, so for, at first they said it was a low-severity flaw and was patched in june 8th with the microsoft patch tuesday and then just a few days ago became a high severity privilege escalation flaw um and they said that the patch wasn't did not resolve the issue and so now Opatch co-founder mitcha kolsek says the exploit published for the print nightmare bug doesn't target the the cve which is cve 2021 1675 Vulnerability, but instead an entirely different flaw also impacting the Windows print spooler. So some believe this is a completely different flaw while others are saying um, this is um, The same flaw and it was not patched Properly so either way if you're not using the printer through your server then disable print spooler and that is going to do it for the Friday edition of the proactive IT cybersecurity daily So stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure, and enjoy your 4th of July holiday weekend.